Welcome to episode number 35 as we celebrate Police Week, May 4th, 1963. President John F. Kennedy made the proclamation for all to celebrate not only the day, but also the week. We're going to look at that and many more aspects of policing on today's El Police Radio. Alpha Mike here, and welcome to lpoliceradio.com. We are going to look at policing in America and the proclamation that was set by President John F. Kennedy on May 4th, 1963. And I read, whereas from the beginning of this nation, law enforcement officers have played an important role in safeguarding the rights and freedoms which are guaranteed by the Constitution and in protecting, protecting the lives and property of our citizens. And whereas, through constant application of new procedures and techniques, such officers are becoming more effective in their enforcement of our laws. And whereas, it is important that our people know and understand the problems, duties, and responsibilities of their police departments and the necessary and the necessity for cooperation with them in maintaining law and order. And whereas it is fitting and proper that we express our gratitude for the dedication, service, and courage, courageous deeds of law enforcement officers and for their contributions they have made to security and well-being of our people. Whereas by joint resolution approved October 1st, 1962, the Congress has requested the president to designate May 15th of each year as president as Peace Officers Memorial Day and the calendar week during which such May 15 occurs as Police Week. Now, therefore, I, John F. Kennedy, President of the United States of America, do hereby designate May 15th, 1963, and May 15th of each succeeding year as Peace Officer Memorial Day in honor of those peace officers who, through their courageous deeds, have lost their lives and have become disabled in the performance of duty. 
I also designate the week of May 12th through May 18th, 1963, as the calendar week during which uh, May 15th occurs each succeeding year as police week in, a, in recognition of the service given by the men and women who night and day protect us through enforcement of our laws. I invite each, I invite states and local governments, patriotic, civic, and educational organizations, and the people of the United States generally to observe Peace Officers Memorial Day and Police Week in this year and each succeeding year, whereas appropriate ceremonies in which all our people may join in commemorative law enforcement officers, past and present, who by their faithful and loyal devoted to their responsibilities have rendered a dedicated service to their communities and in so doing have established the, for themselves an inevitable and enduring reputation for preserving the rights and security of all citizens. Declared by John F. Kennedy, again, through proclamation May 4th, 1963. Now, we read the proclamation. We might have a general idea what policing is in America. Policing has been with us since the beginning of time. Man did something wrong. Some entity had to correct their behavior. As a result, law enforcement in different names, different aspects, have been around since the very beginning. Of course, law enforcement in America has been relatively uh, looked at since the founding of this country, and, norm, and usually uh, late 1700s. Some agencies are not that old, but those communities took a little longer to establish law enforcement credentials. So from the time we look at the proclamation of John F. Kennedy in 1963, policing prior to that, it's kind of erratic, out of, you know, do-it-yourself. A lot of local laws are being enforced. Not so much, uh, they are federal statutes on the books, but uh, the enforcement for local small little police departments prior to 63 are basically uh, looking at uh, their local aspects. Of course, felonies or felonious aspect is, is included at much greater detail today. But before we get into more of that, let's go into our news segment. One. Believe it or not, today we don't have any news articles on the mayor of New York City. It's amazing. That in itself is news. But we do have some news about New York City. NYPD sergeant suing Starbucks after violent encounter. New York and NYPD sergeant is suing Starbucks after a violent encounter at one of their lo locations left a law enforcement officer with injuries that he says could end his career on October on September 28, 2017, Sergeant Timothy Wall, 33, responded to a call about a disturbed and violent individual at a location in Starbucks. CBS New Yorker, New York reports Wall 
encountered the 24-year-old homeless man who made threats and was unhappy with the free croissant he received from employees. Did you hear what I said? Free. He said he wanted to kill everybody at the location. Wall said he went to grab the bag uh, that the individual had, and the fight ensued. Basically, what you have on, on this story is the bleeding left. New York City, San Francisco, all these leftist places are really obsessed with allowing the homeless to do whatever they want, urinate in the street, defecate in the street, pick fights with people for money, and now Starbucks is giving out free food and drink to the homeless whenever they want. Now, I know your compassionate heart says, well, we're helping, but some of these people are seriously mentally ill, and there is a chance for a violent encounter, and here you have it. So poetic justice to Starbucks that I hope they do get sued, and I, I hope they get slammed on this one because there's a place for everything, but not necessarily at the cost and risk of other individuals getting hurt. So too bad, Starbucks. I'm not in agreement with you. Two. Oklahoma inmate overpowers deputy and escapes jail. Yep, law enforcement are searching Monday for a jailed inmate who overpowered a deputy and escaped the Calvin Carvin County Jail Sunday night, Sheriff Larry Rhodes said. Jason Glenn Wills, 32, was being escorted by deputy to get ice from the ice machine in the courthouse. About 9.30 p.m. Sunday, Rhodes reported when the deputy unlocked a door to return to the jail area of the courthouse, Willis assaulted uh, the officer and ran, escaping through an emergency exit. Here's another example of, of buffoonery. I'm sure that this was telegraphed from the word go. One deputy told the other deputy, hey, get some ice on, out in the, on the ice machine. Yeah, okay, I'll go do it now. Well, I'm going to take him back. So now you just told the bad guy what the plot is. You're going to open a door, and we're going to walk out of here because you're going to get ice, and then we're going to come back. The only problem is that the bad guy said, well, I'm not coming back. You're going to stay here. I'm leaving. Three. And this last story will probably be uh, very sad for those that love aspiring artists. Well, this one is an inspiring singer gets prison for plot to join ISIS. Yeah, that's right. An inspiring New Jersey musician twisted desire to join ISIS cost him his freedom this week. Samuel Topaz, raised in a middle-class Fort Lee neighborhood by a Catholic mother and an Orthodox Jewish father, was sentenced Tuesday to eight years in federal prison for plotting with four friends to travel to Syria and join the terrorist group. He's an, another moron. They got too much time on their hands. Recruitment for these scumbag groups are well known, not only through YouTube and other means, social media. These individuals have a desire within their heart 
that they hate the country. Because if you were raised properly, you would know the difference between good and bad. And you would know that this group is bad. You would also have pride in your flag of your country, the national anthem, and becoming an American citizen or being an American citizen. But somehow, young Samuel here did not get that message. So he started to have roots growing in his heart, hating the country. Scumbag tried to join ISIS. Scumbag went away, bye-bye, for eight years for being a moron. Mm -mm -mm. It's amazing. It's amazing they actually know how to put on their pants in the morning. Where's the bugler? Hello? I guess the bugler thought I was going to talk more than... There wasn't much to talk about that last story. Moron tries to join hate group, gets busted, goes off to prison for uh, eight years. That's the end of that story. But I do have something nice to share with the audience. This uh, past weekend, I had the pleasure of traveling um, back to the homeland, which is Miami. And um, as usual, as soon as I got there, I couldn't wait to leave. But um, we were there to celebrate my grandmother's 100th birthday. And uh, was shared by family. Had a good time. And I do have to say, I, I looked at a lot of my elder relatives in their 70s and 80s and 90s, and of course my grandmother at 100, and I could not stop to think that their life was interrupted, that what they wanted to pursue in their lives, their dreams as young people was stopped, eroded, thrown out the window, and they were thrust into a situation they never expected and never thought possible. They grew up in Cuba, and uh, like all young people, they had a inspir inspiring dreams and wishes, and here comes a, a bearded guy with a green beret. You might mistake him for a leftist in this country, a socialist, or if he has a gun, he'll be a communist. And all of a sudden, this person rose to power through suspicious means. And here I am looking at my relatives at their elder age, knowing that they never really fulfilled their dreams and their hopes. Yeah, they had family, and that family brought them joy. If you have a family, you know it does bring sorrow at times too. But um, basically their own wants were never fulfilled because of a maniac. Hopefully that never happens here. But anyway, we had a good time down there seeing my grandmother and um, somebody asked me, how's she doing? How can you be doing at 100? I mean, come on, think about that one. If you're, if you're young, you still have a many, couple years to go. But when you get to like the midpoint and uh, 
you got to get out of the bed, walk around. You end up urinating maybe every hour on the hour. Yeah, that's at midpoint. Imagine when you get to 100. So anyway, but today we are going to celebrate. We're going to talk about Police Week, proclamation by President John F. Kennedy on giving us the uh, the encouragement and the authority that comes with it to celebrate Police Week. Of course, law enforcement in this country comes at various aspects. The one that everybody sees, the uniformed patrol officer in your local community patrolling and interacting with the community very seldom on a social basis, but most likely on a criminal violation. Those encounters have been more and more negative through the history of policing than pleasant ones that might have been in other eras of our country. In the 40s or 50s, um, maybe even the 60s, interaction with police officers was a little bit different, maybe half and half on social and criminal aspect, meaning that Officers had time to talk to people and meet people, and people got to meet the officer on the beat. But as time went on, they started to become more reactive than proactive, just driving from place to place, answering calls. And as a result, that relationship with the community was deteriorated more and more and more to what we got now. Now, of course, a lot of local law enforcement uh, like to portray themselves as, uh, you know, I, I, I've said it before and I, I have to repeat it again. I hate these little 30-second clips of the friendly police officer playing basketball with the local community. We all know it's a bunch, it's a crock, and um, it's a stunt uh, to make you believe that there's a bond. And... It does, it's not about a 30-second basketball spot. You know, back in the 60s and 70s, there was the police, police Athletic League, and there was an encouragement from police officers to community youth to get organized into those sports, and a lot of those officers were coaching. That really doesn't exist nowadays. Very seldom do you see it, and if you do, it's not at the magnitude it once was because people's lives now are entrenched in social networking and other responsibilities and duties, and they don't feel like uh, coaching for two or three hours, uh, maybe three or four times a week, is worth their time. So you don't see as much of it, and of course the PAL, a police athletic league, has hurt as a result of it. Now, there are many fine officers that continue that tradition, and God bless them for doing so. But this is not about a 30-second segment of video or photo op. Policing and community policing starts with, for those officers that are listening, actually getting out of the car and talking to people, ringing doorbells and making new friends. Don't see it all the time, but uh, that's how it starts. But that doesn't exclude the rest of policing. What other elements do we have in policing? Well, those special operations sections as well. 
I know they're always preparing for that great invasion of the United States, but they also have some time on their hands to ring doorbells and become friendly with your neighborhood community. If not ringing doorbells at the local mall, which is dying, by the way, or other community areas, parks, and so forth, where you can see the community and talk to the community. And our investigative units, they dress in plain clothes. Well, this is mind-boggling. It would also be a good idea for them to meet people every so often. Not only the guy in the uniform patrol that has the greatest probably responsibility out of all of them because for him, it's Wednesday, it's hump day every day. And it's a little bit more difficult for the patrol guy to do it. So you got those special areas and you've got investigative areas and you've got the regular patrol. They can all get out and talk to the community more often. And of course, our brainiacs over at headquarters managing the whole operation they have this uh, phony little thing they do, which is coffee with the community. Listen, if you've got to, in order to talk to the community, set up a social event with cameras for maybe about half hour, you failed. This is an everyday thing. And if you can do it every day, then you're going to meet a whole bunch of new friends. And one of the problems in policing is they're humping from call to call. The distance between the rank and file in policing and the community has gotten farther and farther apart. And I know there are many people out there, oh, not in my community, my community, we love our police officers. This is not about hating anybody. This is about getting to the root of a lot of problems. And sometimes you can only enforce things when you physically get out of the police car and look, hear, smell, touch. Inside the patrol car traveling at maybe 30 miles an hour down the street, not the same. It just doesn't work. I don't know. It might be me. But that policing, community policing aspect is important. One aspect that is greatly needing needed to become a people person. And I, I want to, you know, share a quick story. One of the assignments I had, I was in the training section of my agency, and the brainiacs over at the palace, they came up with a great theory oh, let's get the special units that really don't do anything, and we'll put them in operations once a week so we can lower some of the overtime. So I'm only in training. I've only got mandates that I've got to train 2,100 people like yesterday. But eh, we could put all that to the side because you, my friend, will be going out and doing some serious work. And there I was. I was assigned to the Jackson Memorial Hospital section in Miami, and I was partnered with one of the regular guys there. And I was partnered with a guy that I always called the mayor 
of Jackson Memorial Hospital. This guy had such a humongous, great personality. He spoke to everybody. He made everybody feel good. He had jokes. He had everything. Everywhere we went, everybody knew who he was. And those community people that were there for whatever reason that didn't know him, they would soon find out that he had always a good word and a great disposition about him. And I soon picked up the trait and I started saying hi to people as we would walk around and do our thing and wherever uh, people encountered us, we made them feel good. His philosophy was one. He goes, listen, people come to the hospital because news isn't great at home. There's something going on. And most that's really what happens when most of the people go to the hospitals other than somebody giving birth. That's not a, a bad thing. That's a good thing. But the greater majority of those times, there's tragedy behind it. And he would say, if I could make people's life a little bit better with a little smile and all that, then uh, let me do so because I feel better. And as a result, that disposition of his was awesome. And um, uh, he's not around any longer, and I'm not going to really get into it. Maybe in a later show. He was a great individual that he touched a lot of hearts, and a lot of people in rank and file uh, were touched by him always, by that great disposition. And I, I don't want to really get into what occurred with him He's no longer with us, as I said, um, because it would ruin the story. But God bless every action that he did on a lot of people that I can, uh, I can attest were having very difficult time. And as a result of that little brief encounter with him, they left smiling. And that in itself is community policing. We need to do more of it. We need to be a little bit more understanding on a lot of things. Sometimes, and I'm not criticizing uh, police officers, mostly giving a, a kick in the shins to police departments, they kind of hire kids that are secluded, middle class, great neighborhoods they grew up in, and then they throw them in little neighborhoods with a little bit more crime to it, a little bit more touchy-feely color to it, and expect them to actually know how to carry their day-to-day -day operations. You can't teach it in a book. You can't teach it in a 45-minute class in the academy. You got to have people skills. and Sometimes those people skills are not even being taught at home. There lies the problem with policing. But, <coughs> there, excuse me, there are three elements to policing. There is the federal, state, and local aspects of it. Of course, the federal government has <coughs> a large chunk of the law enforcement aspect in this country. But we, as citizens, don't really come in contact with them on a day-to-day -day basis. Uh, Secret Service, FBI... Uh, border enforcement and so forth. 
but they're out there. Then you have local, which could be your town, city, sheriff, uh, borough, uh, precinct type of, of policing. And there the aspect is a little bit more negative, the, the contact, because usually on a daily basis, citizens have negative contact with law enforcement than positive ones. If I stop you to give you a summons for traffic, that's not a very positive relationship building there. Or if you call police for services because something bad happened, domestic-related, a burglary, a robbery, or, or of that nature. So the everyday, day-to-day -day interaction with local law enforcement in the local communities sometimes is very much negative than positive. And then the state aspect, similar to that of the federal, with the exception of maybe their highway patrol and so forth, and of course any action with them is negative if you're giving speeding tickets and so forth. But again, a little bit, as I said, like the federal government, their aspect is a little bit more hidden and secluded. So really local law enforcement is taking the brunt of the, um, the hate out there and they're taking the brunt of the assaults and these cowardly acts of killing police officers. I can't say it enough. What they do on a daily basis is underpaid and underappreciated. I know there's a lot of people that say, thank you for your service, because it sounds good. But thank you for your services. When you see something, you report it. When you can interact with the community on a positive for law enforcement, you do so. When there's a gap, you fill it in. And when you need to advocate on behalf of local law enforcement, do so. They need resources badly that, as we talked about, our leftist political friends always have a chance to kick law enforcement in the uh, you-know-where, they will. There's an interesting uh, episode that's coming up on El Police Radio, and it's uh, coming up. I don't have the exact calendar in front of me, but you'll hear it uh, here on ElPoliceRadio.com before September, I can tell you. And it's called Flint. It's about a documentary that was done. It's on Netflix about the Flint, Michigan Police Department. And again, we're going to get into it more in that episode, but the ugly left shows its ugly fangs and kind of destroys the agency. Mm. But we'll talk about that at a later time. Encourage people to encourage police. Encourage your local government to encourage police. Not for a photo op, not for a 15-second video, but for a lifetime. And more importantly, encourage your little ones that when they see police, they embrace police. How many parents tell their little ones if, if you continue to act bad, I'm calling the police officer and he's going to take you away. There's where it starts, for folks, from a very early age. If you plant that negative seed in their head, it will stay there. Plant a positive one today.
because it's your community and it's your loss if you don't. So now off we go for the all nine training tip. Now, I know we've been talking about policing and the aspect of community policing, so I want to take this opportunity in our online training tip to talk about de-escalation or interacting with the community. When a police officer is called to a scene, the attitude is paramount in defusing any situation that we know. But more importantly than what the police officer says is what he hears or she hears. You see, listening is more communicative skills than talking. Your body language, your body positioning. How eager are you to listen to what's being told to you? How do you interact with it? Should you be at a defensive posture? Well, your academy training told you to always be at the ready, and you should. But there shouldn't be elements where you can be a person so you don't have to stand so defensively. As you listen attentively, encouraging the conversation to go along, reiterating at sections of the conversation what you hear and your feedback. That goes a long way than so many unspoken words. What it tells the community is, the officer listened to my needs. Doing that on an everyday basis is so important. It changes our attitude, our perception, and more importantly, our listening skills. I think that if you do that on a daily basis, you'll have a very, very productive career. Now, it's time to hop on because we're going into the conversation. He who keeps understanding will find good. Proverbs 19. So let's take a look at that verse and see what it says again. He who keeps understanding will find good. What type of understanding is the scripture talking about? Well, it can only be talking about the truth. And the most important aspect of this sentence is the word keeps. He who keeps understanding. In other words, the understanding of the word or the truth has been told to you. Now it's up to you to keep it. And if you do keep it, you'll find good. Now, what am I getting at? Well, you can listen to a brief sermon every once in a while. You can go to church and listen to the pastor. You can read the Bible. 
you can interact with other believers. And you can even walk around and tell people, God bless you. And for lack of a better term, act apart. But all these things will not keep you from entering the gates of hell if you do not retain the understanding. Retaining repentance, retaining what you should and should not be doing, retaining the word will set you free. Now, people that are in law enforcement and we're celebrating this week of police work, we're, we have a profession that basically deals with the misfortunes of human beings, sometimes the evilness of human beings, sometimes that heart that is so hardened by other circumstances that the encounter with police officer is not going to change it. It might even make it worse. So keeping my understanding of the truth that I have received during my journey, maybe as a child at home, maybe through a spouse, maybe through a loved one, maybe uh, through uh, a relative, that I've heard this issue about good news, that the word has been sent to me from whatever means necessary that God felt that he had to send that word upon you, that it made you grow a little bit in receiving that word. How do I now transform what they have told me, what I've heard, what I've believed? How do I transform that good news, the truth, to help individuals with their daily struggles, the hate, the discomfort, the hardening of the hearts, their souls, they feel have no redemption. How, how can I, as an officer, help and encourage them to lift up, to enter goodness? Well, we're going to start small. I'm not going to make it too complex. It starts with your testimony, and it starts with your behavior. You see, your testimony are being watched by many people. Everybody kind of knows how a police officer should act. Proper, professional, and with education. At least that's what the expectations of the agency is for that officer. We know that. But when we see something other than that, it leaves a testimony in each person's mind, from little ones to elderly ones. Therefore, that perception now becomes their reality when they deal with a person 
of the same profession in law enforcement. So how I conduct myself and how professional I conduct myself, it's so important. God gave you the given authority in the book of Romans chapter 13 to govern and to exercise the authority of government that has been bestowed upon you with a badge and authority, a gun, and other tools to carry out that. But our conduct was not given to you. The conduct is expected of you, but it's one that you've built on your own. It's so, and so important that in your daily activity, home and work, you give that great testimony. You do it on an every day, and that will make you a better and better professional at what you do. Why did I say at work and at home? Because you have to be the same person. You can't be good at home and evil out in the street because the two will linger, linger and meet each other sooner or later. You have to remain the same. Start today. Start today your journey looking for and seeking the living God in the form of Jesus Christ. It will help you in your everyday walk. I can guarantee it. What's up next? Well, folks, we've got a long list of Shows, and you can go to lpoliceradio.com and you can go to upcoming shows and you will see everything listed there all the way up to September of 2018, which will mark our first anniversary. We were born or we were created in a hurricane, in a disaster that hit Florida. And we were supposed to launch and we kind of had to postpone our launch and and that hysteria, El Police Radio, was launched. And uh, we are going to celebrate that one year with our 50, uh, episode number 52. And then we're going to go into a new era, a new year, a new type of programming, but always with the same content. What do I tell people? We build content here. We don't do shows. I don't do an episode. I build content like a library so you can transmit into all these episodes and it should start painting a picture about law enforcement and the community's role, law enforcement's role, government's role, what to look for, what might happen in your community, how to prevent it. That's the aspect and the objective of this program. So... We've come up with uh, the police week uh, of episode 35, this one. We go into episode 36, and this is a good one. It's called The Police Car. We're going to talk and look at various aspects of future policing and police cars, what they will look like, what officers want, and most likely what officers are going to get when well maybe next year five years 10 years 15 20 years down the road 
you've got to think out of the box today what you want tomorrow. So on episode 36, we're going to tell you what some of them are really thinking about in the police car at the palace, what they would like to see. Some of it, scary. Some of it, routine. But we'll talk about that. And then right after that, just to wrap up the month of May, we're going to talk about uh, episode number 37, the park police. There's policing in all forms, and we're celebrating policing today. We talked about the federal. We talked about the local. We talked about the state. While park policing falls in that realm of federal and state, some areas it could be local, park ranges and so forth, but mostly federal and state. And there's so many aspects of policing in America. We could look at, uh, I think, 18,000 law enforcement agencies in the country. That's a lot. So you're going to get it from the, the garbage police to the park police to the beach police to the city police to the, the police that police the police. But there are different aspects of it. The park police, we're going to look at their unique role and why are they there? Do they have to be there? Or can we act civil at the park? And that's on episode 37. To wrap up the show today, folks, we celebrate Police Week. We talked about uh, President John F. Kennedy signing the proclamation May 4th, 1963, giving authority for all to celebrate Police Week. I cannot say it enough. We have to recognize the importance of policing. Without policing, we are a lost, lost civilization. Without policing, hate would win over love. Crime would win over correct citizens or acting appropriately. Uh, evil would be victorious over good. Without policing, people would not know how in, in any aspect to get to and from work because the disorderly conduct would be so great they might not be at work. People would take traffic lights, be disobedient at every turn because there's nobody to tell them anything. Our life would be so miserable. You couldn't leave your home because you wouldn't know when they would break a window to try to get in because lawlessness is the rule of the land. There are many countries in the world that live as exactly what I described, but not in America. The importance of encouraging, supporting, and loving your local law enforcement is so crucial. Don't look at the person in the uniform. Look at the uniform. See, if you look at the person, you're going to not like their size or their gender or their color or their last name. Something might bother you. No, look at the uniform because that uniform represents 
the authority. That uniform will come to your assistance regardless of what the situation is or who you are. If you need help, that uniform has created a special number that you have to dial. It's only three little numbers, nine and two ones preceding that, and they will come regardless of what you've done, regardless of what's occurred, regardless of what the need is, they will come. Even if it's of great danger to themselves, they will come. They never negate that. It is so hard because they have to turn to their loved ones every day and say good night or goodbye or good see you later on today, not knowing if that later on today is a reality. It's so hard because we're all human. So fear could lift its ugly head at any time and overtake any of those individuals in that uniform. But what makes them go is their belief in the system that they engulfed themselves in, took an oath, went to an academy, and now they become a brotherhood and sisterhood and law enforcement. That cowardness is looked and frowned upon. It's not looked at very well. That your career would be very short if you were a coward. Are there cowards? There are cowards in every profession. But a coward's mask would soon fall, and then there won't be there any longer, I can assure you. These individuals rise up against things that are overwhelming odds against them. Imagine all the incidents that you see on the nightly news. Somebody's mother, somebody's father, a brother, a sister, a child is the one inside that uniform. And they're running towards danger to save people they don't even know. To catch bad people so they won't hurt good people. We all know the aspect of law enforcement. But do we encourage its support? Or do we join the rest of the naysayers and kick law enforcement in the shins and basically say, all police are bad. The answer would be no, that's wrong. Not all of them are bad. There are many, many, many good. It's up to us, the citizen, to encourage the local police chiefs to continue the services from as small minor crimes or misdemeanors to, of course, the capital felonies. But why the small crimes? Because the small crimes deter the big ones. If you have an encounter with law enforcement that's not a very positive one, understand that it's not the person doing it. It is the law. And as such, the law has its day in court where that person can have their day of guilt or innocence. Don't hate the person carrying out the job. If you don't like the system, change the system, but don't hate the police officer. 
It pains me in the last podcast reading the death of multiple officers and knowing that they had a family. One of those stories, the one about the deputies being killed in the Chinese restaurant in Florida, touched home. My neighbor um, came to me and told me that he went to the police funeral. See, his best buddy, that was his son. And he came to thank me and shake my hand for flying the police flag, the thin blue line in front of my house. He goes, you know, I used to see the flag when you would post it, and, you know, I knew what you did for a career, but I didn't really have a mindset to it until it hit home. And he thanked me for my service, and I thanked him for his understanding. Unfortunately, it hit home through his best friend's son's life. But it doesn't have to be that way if you're listening. Know that those individuals, human beings, they have family just like you, and they have the right to live just like you. It's been my honor and my pleasure to be your host on LPoliceRadio.com. You can always look us up at that address. Scroll all the way down to the bottom and all the social icons are there. The Twitter, the Facebook, the link, all that stuff. And you can make contact with us and partner with us. Why is it so important? Well, these shows are done for you, for your benefit. Therefore, Talk to us. We get the comments every once in a while, and we separate the good from the bad, and we listen to the good. They're encouraged. They want to hear more, and that they will hear on L Police Radio. My pleasure. Stay safe. We'll see you real soon. Radio.